Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. And joining me today, I have uh, DJ. Uh, I'm excited to talk to her a little bit about her artistry, her passions, and why she does what she does. Uh, thank you for joining me today, DJ Gemini Gilly. Thanks for having me, Ben. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. How are you? Um, I'm doing pretty okay. I'm in the process of moving right now, so things are a little <laughs> shifty. Um, I live in Madison right now because I went to grad school here, but I'm moving back to Milwaukee, so just trying to get everything finalized so I can be closer to the city, uh, closer to my family. Sure. So that's exciting. You're moving to Milwaukee. Um, when are you going to be in? Um, so I'm moving officially September 1st, so I'm just like getting everything together still in Madison um, and just getting ready to move. It's been super hectic. So I have my mom up here helping me. Um, my partner's helping me getting stuff together too. So it's been a pain, but I'm almost done. So yeah. Yeah. Moving is grueling. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and you've been in Milwaukee like a lot of the summer, haven't you? Like I've seen you've been here many times then. Yep, I'm always in Milwaukee. The drive is just as grueling as the move, actually. Like, I'm in the car. My commute from Madison to Milwaukee is like an hour and a half. So sometimes, like, I'll go do a gig and I'll drive right back home. So it's like I'm in the car for three hours of the day. Um, but being closer now is just so much better. But, yeah, I've been in Milwaukee quite a bit this summer. Oh, yeah, saw you at the uh, Get MPD out of MPS. That was yeah. one instance, um, which was successful, by the way. We did it. Yeah. Shout out to Lit. They are, like, amazing. They gave me – they are the ones that, like, pressure – not pressure me, but indirectly put the pressure on me to kind of, like, get stuff in order and, like, get my, like, whole DJ stuff together as far as, like, speakers and mics and everything. So shout out to them. They are, like, an amazing organization. Totally. Yeah. Lit is doing God's work out here. Yes. Um, very very um uh like fortunate to have them um and uh, yeah um well i'm looking forward to uh seeing you around here when you don't have uh that obnoxious commute um <laughs> I, because you were here so much i didn't even i thought you were just here period already. Oh. there's so many people who think that they're like some people will message me or email me like, hey, do you think you can like stop by tomorrow? Like, you mean maybe midnight. Do you think hey, you, you want to hang out today? You want to hang out? <laughs> yeah, tomorrow at like, uh, like 10 in the morning. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I need like two days notice just because like the commute is just so long and I work around like my schedule. I work my like just normal day-to-day -day schedule like around DJing. So sometimes I just can't like do certain things. So yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you there. Um, yeah, it's been nice doing the show over Zoom because, like, it just, like, circumvents that issue of I can talk to anyone anywhere now. And right. before, it was all in person and, like, adamantly. I was like, no, this, we're, this is how it works. We're not doing it over the phone. I need to share space with you. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, no, honestly, it's been really nice over Zoom. Like, it's neither of us have to go anywhere yeah just chill and it's you know have the same conversation we would have otherwise right. so so what we talk about on mr nice guy we talk love and fear passion and creativity 
and uh, um, we've been connected for some time. And um, you know, I, I uh, write for Breaking Entering, um, the for the walking music scene, and so I'd be out at shows like you know several nights of the week when shows were a thing. Once yeah. Upon a time. Um, so like I've uh, I've you know been familiar with your work and like um, you know I'd be seeing you on bills and stuff, and especially this summer, like I've seen you um, active in like you know, the incorporation of local music and local performers um, uh, into the activism that's being done um, here in Milwaukee, which is a fantastic thing. And I'm, you know, we love to see it. Um, so uh, yeah, I guess um, really to start, uh, I wanna hear a little bit about your own sort of background with DJing, with uh, working with music, like when did uh, when did it all start for you? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've only been DJing for a year, going on two years now. So I started in December 2018. Like I wish I had this like lavish story of like, oh, like I just, you know, got inspired by this person and just wanted to do this. And, you know, I've been around DJing, but like, unfortunately, I do not. That's okay. Um, That's okay. I've always loved music. Um, growing up, my brother um, wanted to be an artist. So I was like, my brother is 13 years older than me. So I was maybe four or five. He's like 17, like trying to, you know, start a rap group and wanted to start a record label and all this stuff, like out of our room or well, out of his room, but in our home, like in our, in our apartment. So there were like many days where I would sit like in his room with him and just watch MTV or like TRL or like 106 and Park and stuff or BET with him. Um, and my mom just never really mind, you know, she was like, as long as, you know, the music is clean, she doesn't really care. So he would buy um, like the explicit version of CDs and the clean version. So that like, I would be able to like listen along with him if I'm in there. Um, so I grew up on a lot of like 50 Cent and G Unit and like, Cameron and Dipset, Kanye, like Daisy for sure. <laughs> the golden 2000s shit. Yeah, mm -hmm. and my brother was like a really big um, bad boy fan like in the late 90s. So I grew up on a lot of that, like my earliest memories I could think of is just kind of dancing with him to like Puff Daddy and the family, like yeah. a way out. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay. So um, I always kind of like had a knack for just that type of music. Um, my boyfriend is also a musician um, and I've been with him for like a long time. So I've always just kind of been around music, even like being around the music scene, like going to free space where my boyfriend performed, um, just going to different shows and stuff like that. Um, and I'm a social worker like full time, <laughs> so um, what I would look for is like an outlet for that. It's a really daunting career and it's a lot of like just hard days where you have to find some sort of like self-care. So I was really looking to see something that would, it, it took me a while actually to figure out something that would just kind of get my mind off of social work. If I'm having a rough day, what is there that I can do to just kind of alleviate that? So um, first it was just kind of just, oh, well, I'll just listen to music like I normally do, but just set aside some time to do that, right? Um, that proved not to really do anything. I was still having like really, really rough days. Um, and one day I was in one of my seminar classes. I went to UW-Madison for grad school. So I was in my seminar class, like right up the street from my house. And I'm like, 
let me just get on Twitter or whatever. So I'm scrolling on Twitter and Complex had an article talking about um, like their top DJs of the year. They, they said they made a tweet about something about like DJs or something. And it just like clicked me like, I just want to be a DJ. Like maybe I should try it out. Um, and I have a strong like music background in general. Like I was in band like my whole life. I was in drumline in high school. So, yeah. I mean, I know how to count and all of that. Um, yeah. But I had never like tried to DJ before anything. Um, so I went to Guitar Center right after my seminar class, like 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, picked up a little cheap, like $150 controller that they had. Went home and really just started to kind of teach myself how to DJ. So um, that went on. And then right after I bought my controller, it was winter break. So I had like three weeks to just kind of really like hammer into it and try to figure out how to do it. feel like I got a nice start around that time. Um, but things really started to kick off September 2019. So September of last year when I had my first like real gig. So most a year ago. I know, it's like my anniversary is coming oh my up. <laughs> Special day. Yes, it was like <laughs> the 15th and like this DJ up here, his name is DJ NY. He asked me if I wanted to open for him at a bar after I had literally just told him I had never DJed in front of anyone before. So I was mm-hmm. really nervous, but I feel like that is like the kick I needed to just really like start to really like accept gigs and just kind of be out here and do what I need to do. So. Totally. Awesome. That's cool. Um, how'd the gig end up going? Um, it went really well, actually. I had been putting out mixes before I even started to DJ in front of people. So, like, I knew how to, I, I didn't know how to, like, control the crowd <laughs> a little bit, but I knew how to, like, blend and mix and stuff like that. So that wasn't a problem. It, it went really well. It went so well, he asked me to, like, continue to open for him um, up here, like, when he was DJing at the bar. So that was super cool. Um, so that is kind of what I looked forward to a lot. That's awesome. Good for you. Um, were you like the type of friend who, um, you know, would like, cause you're talking about making mixes and stuff. Like, were you the type of friend that would like burn CDs for people? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that was me like fourth grade. I remember, um, starting like an entrepreneurship, I guess. So who wants me to burn a CD for like $5 or $3 or for a bag of chips or whatever. So, yep, I was definitely the person that would burn CDs. I was a person in middle school where people would want to listen to my MP3 player. I was a person in high school where people wanted me to like come to parties and hook my phone up and just do my thing on the aux. So, man, 2007, am I right? What a year. (laughs) That was a great year. Yeah. Shout out, shout out that year. Yeah um that's dope that is super dope um so you kind of had like um you were valued for your um musical expertise and uh, like and display um you know early on which you know it just sounds like it sounds like it would just be written in the stars yeah <laughs> and i also feel like sometimes i just wanted to be behind the scenes and not be a DJ. So I feel like one of my really close friends, she would always say, you should be a DJ, you should be a DJ. And this is like in high school. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. But I always like prefer to be behind the scenes and not really like the person who's like controlling the crowd or anything like that. So 
it that was also kind of like a barrier in me kind of really like taking my first gig like I started December 2018 and I didn't even have a first gig until like September of the next year Mm -hmm. so I was really nervous to just kind of put my face out there so yeah how um, often would you practice (sighs) so I graduated from grad school May 2019 um so while I was in school I would say most definitely every weekend um my school days were long and my experience in grad school just as a whole was really crappy so it took a toll on me just kind of mentally so I would say maybe during the week maybe like twice or three times a week but on the weekends for sure just kind of like doing what I needed to do but then after I graduated um it really picked up because I started like putting out mixes and like doing deep dives on SoundCloud and like band camp and stuff like that so it definitely picked up once I like graduated from grad school but during grad school I would say like two or three times during the week and then um for sure like on the weekends sure um yeah so once um kind of like once the um the first gig happened and everything like how would things just start snowballing for you um so right after my first gig like there were people coming up to me like asking me for business cards or how they can book me and I'm like whoa wait hold on <laughs> just I just did this like I, I was just telling them like this is my first time DJing in front of anybody like I don't have any cards right now you can take my social media down like my social media wasn't even like DJ Gemini Gilly, it was like my name and some other stuff or whatever. Um, but I immediately like um, got a domain name like from Wix, like immediately just started my website, immediately ordered some business cards. Um, I do a little like graphic design on the side. I'm not like a graphic designer, but I know how to work like Illustrator and Photoshop a little bit where I can kind of make my own like promotional material. So I like started doing that, started to get like a logo kind of out there um and then I had my first like private gig on my own in November of 2019 it was a kid's party my friend's daughter turned like two years one years old she turned, like, <laughs> I just did the party for like all these kids and, and like, I lit, lit baby <laughs> like I didn't even have my own speakers like um, he had to bring the speakers, um, my friend, it was his daughter's birthday, he brought the speakers, and was like, oh yeah, just hook up and do your thing, um, and then December of 2019, um, I DJed a comedy show, and a graduation party, so that was, like, really fun for me, and I was like, oh god, I finally started, like, my own private gig, so, that was when things started to really kind of take off because people saw me do those events and wanted me to do like other events. So then my next gig after that in December, January was like a really kind of a slow month. Um, but February of this year, I did Lit's um, Black Stories Matter event. That was at mm. um, Walker Point Center of the Arts. Okay. Um, and that was what really, I feel like, started like everything for me because I I told them they had asked me to DJ um, and I told them yeah I could DJ and I was like well do you need any speakers because I didn't have any and they were like yeah we'll need speakers and I was like oh my god I really want to do this event <laughs> like I really need to get myself together so um, I told them okay yeah that's no problem and literally the next day I bought like my whole entire set of speakers and 
like microphone, all of the cords that I needed and everything like that. Um, so that is, once I got my full setup, I feel like that really kind of pushed me into just taking more private gigs. So that was, and then I did poor men's like the next week. And that was like really big. That was like one of my goals. Cause I, I frequent poor, poor men's as like a patron. So yeah. I'm like, this is like totally my, my vibe, totally what I, you know, kind of do like as far as music wise, like <clears throat> I walked in and they were playing like SWV and I was like, oh my God, like <laughs> you didn't play SWV on Water Street? Oh. Right. <laughs> and I remember going up, this was in November 2019 because we went out for my friend's birthday. I went up to like one of the bartenders and I was like, I had a business card on me. I said, do you guys think that I could <laughs> DJ here mate, one day? And she was kind of looking at me like, mm, okay, like maybe. Um, and then I had kind of like hounded them, like, please let me DJ here. And I had never got like a response back. And that was just kind of common because like, I wasn't really a DJ that was known. No one really yeah. knew me. It would have been like my first big gig. Um, and one day Ben, who's the owner of Formis, he literally wrote me like, Hey, did you want to DJ this weekend? I'm like, Oh my God. Yes, of course I do. All um, right, yeah. So I have like a really special place in my heart for Formage just for like the like just the difference between them and other bars that I just kind of see. Um, just as far as like I've never been told like, hey, like tone it down or hey, can't play hip hop or whatever. Whereas I hear about like other places where they tell people, they give people instructions on like not to play that much hip hop, play a little bit um you know don't get too rowdy or whatever but Ben is literally just giving me the green light like go ahead like do, do what you want so and, yeah so super versatile like he really just doesn't care as long as like you know everyone is just being safe and enjoying themselves so that was nice but yeah that is what really snowballed everything I feel like after I had my Corman's gig I just started getting more and more and more and more and more gigs so and then of course my partnership with Lit what has been like amazing so they've been like referring me to other people and stuff so that was nice shout out to Foreman's yeah <laughs> shout out to Foreman's um so that was in February of this year yeah um so of course the pandemic hit uh so how I guess like um how would that kind of like I mean I'm sure it did affect like your gig work to some yeah. extent um so it was horrible at first I was really sad when outside closed because I was actually supposed to DJ again at Portman's like the week that the bars and stuff closed um and those were like my biggest gigs thus far so I was like oh my god like now no one's gonna try to book me because they don't know anything about me and um I remember writing down like a list of goals in January when the new year hit and just like what I wanted to do and I remember one of my goals was like like take over the summer like have like so many gigs in the summertime um because I'll have a lot more free time there'll be a lot of more like block parties and just different events so I was like try to get my name in to like those types of circles um then the pandemic hit and it was just like okay now now what like what do what do I do now um I had started working from home uh with my job so that was like super hard as well because I was a CPS worker and I just don't think doing CPS from home is really that good (laughs) so it was really difficult trying to balance the two however being at home and working from home did a lot for just me being able to kind of 
like I would finish my work by noon and then afternoon I would be like okay like I have a little time like to brainstorm some stuff um I had started seeing DJs on Instagram that I follow like go live like um DJ D nice like his whole like going live campaign and everything um and I was on there when he reached like a hundred thousand people on his live and I was like oh my god like music is really like so revolutionary like that it will you know there's a hundred thousand people on here right now listening to DJ D nice mix like Michelle Obama Shaka Khan like so many people on there so many different celebrities and I'm like I need to start doing something like this so I started out like kind of just going live on Twitter like via Periscope because I felt like there were a lot more people to interact with on um Twitter um just kind of based on people who just kind of know me so I just started just doing that on Periscope and I did that maybe twice then I was like okay it's time to take the show to Facebook (laughs) to try to see like kind of like just fill it out um and I have a lot of Facebook friends but I don't have a lot of there's a lot of people who like I just went to middle school with or high school with um so I started like just adding different people from like the music scene that I either knew personally or just didn't know um so I just started adding people and I was like okay now it's time to go live (laughs) like so I went live for the first time maybe a week after like everything had kind of shut down and I got a really good response so I kind of continued to go live like maybe once or twice a month um so that was kind of what I did I took the pandemic time to just kind of revamp my brand um like I changed my logo I revamped my website um it gives some attention to like the more technical aspects right the branding shit yeah yep so like I remember thinking like oh like I need to I need a new logo like right now like something that just fits me like my old logo was kind of plain I wish I had a business card to show you just like DJ Gemini Gilly but like the Gemini was like in different colors or whatever but I was like I need something that's a little that has a little more pizzazz and a little bit more of like me and my personality and like the music I play so completely changed my logo, completely changed my website. Um, then I started taking gigs for the summertime and I made sure to pay attention to take, taking gigs just solely like outside. Yeah. Um, not a lot of indoor gigs. If I did, it would be like a very large space. It wouldn't be anything that's super small. So um, I tried to definitely just kind of pay attention to that because um, the work that I did previously, I'm no longer employed with my job. Um, but the work that I was doing, I was going into people's homes. So I'm like, I don't want to, you know, take a chance on, you know, contracting COVID or anything like that. And then going out into families and affecting them because, you yeah. know, that just wouldn't be right. <laughs> so yeah. I made sure to just take gigs like outside and just stay six feet apart and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so the pandemic really showed me that, you know, at any given time, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. So, like, just kind of prepare accordingly. So, I had to quickly, like, change my social media presence and, like, kind of be more vocal about me being a DJ, be more present as far as just kind of, like, posting myself, mixing. Um, I think I released maybe one or two mixes over the pandemic. So, it was a lot more of that. And then I also took the time to just kind of, like, beef up my Serato library, which is kind of what I DJ from. Um okay and just kind of organize that because I just kind of went into DJing like kind of head first and I didn't really have a real organization I would say 
So I wanted to kind of get that beefed up and get that all together. So it was definitely, t I definitely took that pandemic time to um, just focus on the technical stuff for sure. Um, and yeah. definitely try to take a lot more gigs outside and just kind of see how that went. And I would say so far so good. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I think um, a lot of creatives have had to sort of adapt accordingly in that way. Like, I mean, which honestly is somewhat of a silver lining because you, uh, yeah, you focus on other aspects of your craft that you don't normally think about or that you've been putting off to like, Know, update or embellish right, yep. um, like I got shirts um, mm -hmm. this past summer I had been putting off the idea of shirts for a while but you know when unemployment kicked in I was like shit might as well <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah yep. that's right yeah so um, um, yeah I get I hate okay so I hate asking a DJ a broad ass question it's kind of, it's kind of like asking like a an art like a musician like oh what genre would you put yourself in i hate asking that question you know and i know most artists hate being asked that question and as a dj like i'm sure the question you get when someone is keeping it so broad is like oh what do you like to play um but i guess i am interested i guess like do you sort of lean towards um a, a style or a vibe or the kind of environment that you like to play in like how would you you know describe yourself mm -hmm. um I definitely say that it depends on the gig um I'm definitely like hip-hop till I die though so I do play a lot of hip-hop and a lot of like my identity like personally like I'm a black woman so that intersectional like identity I try to make sure is present when I'm DJing as well. So I always like center my set and everything that I pretty much do like on blackness, like no matter what type of gig that I do. So um, like if I'm DJing like oh, at a bar or something like that, I'll probably play like a couple, well not a couple, I'll play like a lot of like new hip hop, but then I also, I love the early 2000s just because like that was like my intro into music anyway. <laughs> so I'll play a lot of like early 2000s music, um, I love bringing that, and I also feel like this is just what made me also want to DJ. I love bringing out, like, the nostalgia, the nostalgia of, like, just, like, wow, I remember when this came out. Like, this made me totally. feel good when this came out. So, like, I'll play a lot of that. Uh, for example, I'll play, like, um, um, like, T-Pain, Buy You a Drink. Like, people love that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People go super crazy. So, I'm like, oh, okay. Because, like, people remember at that time, that was just like, oh, I remember that, like, I was maybe 11 or I was 13, and wow, this is a great time, like, summertime. So I play a lot of stuff that brings back memories for people, because personally, just for me, um, I attach music to memories. So, like, if yeah, I, same. Yeah, same. like, I attach music to memories, and I'm like, okay, I remember that this was just, like, a super good time for me, like, let me play this. <laughs> um, yeah. So I play a lot of, um, like, early 2000s music. Um, whereas if I'm like at an event like for lit, I'll play more just like kind of conscious hip hop. So and I even I really hate to call it conscious, but <laughs> that's like the realm that people put it in. So like I'll play totally. like common or um, uh, let's see, like Tupac, uh, keep your head up, or um, that is still one of like my favorite yeah hip hop songs of all times. Keep your head up, like 
it's like you can play it at any type of event that you go to and it's just like, oh, this is a good song. It's just super positive. Yeah. And one that more people should be listening to, like, like, thinking about the conversation, how it's shifted about, like, you know, misogyny and stuff like that, like, listening to it in a modern context will make you, makes, you can appreciate it. For sure. Like, so much more, you know? Yeah, so, like, I'll definitely play more music like that, and I notice when I play that song, like, everybody knows the lyrics, so it's like, so, um, but I'll play a lot of more music like that, or, um, like, at the Black is Beautiful bike ride, um, I did both of the after parties, I was one of the, of the, like, four or five DJs that they had, and I made sure that I did a lot of, like, edits and remixes of, like, different songs, just because, like, everybody doesn't listen to hip-hop however um like no matter what in my sense i'm gonna play hip-hop so i try to like keep it like kind of light and kind of fun by playing like a lot of hip-hop like remixes and stuff like that where people will know the song and they'll know like oh or like the beat will be different in the back but like the lyrics will be like a current hip-hop song or like just a hip-hop song that i like so and people seem to enjoy those a lot so and putting out mixes that just kind of depends on like what I kind of want to listen to, <laughs> to yeah. make that a little more personal. So um, I listen to a lot of like, although I love hip hop, I listen to a lot of like R&B and like neo soul, just kind of in my spare time. Um, so a lot of my mixes just kind of reflect like more of a like nighttime vibe. Like if you're just like chilling outside at night or if you're just like doing homework or something at night, um, more lo-fi. So people really appreciate that and like that. And that's kind of more of the music that I like to listen to on the daily way. So um, those, the mixes are definitely kind of whatever I want to hear, but I definitely cater my gigs to what like the people who are paying me or like the people who are like the audience wants to listen to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, That would make sense. Um, Speaking of nostalgic, like Mm -hmm. music and memories and stuff, like, yeah, when I'm thinking 2000s, like, yeah, I'm thinking like I always remember like when Sierra was popping off, you know, like um Cameron. Do you remember I completely forgot about the song, but I like I remembered it recently for some reason. Do you remember I'm a B by Black Eyed Peas? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, such a good time because I also one thing I just also just appreciated about the early 2000s and just like mid 2000s is that I always felt like all types of music were like played on one station and everyone yeah. knew every type of song. Whereas now I just feel like there's certain pockets of music that people yeah. like don't get a chance to listen to because they're like not on the radio or whatever. But I remember like as a kid, like we would hear, um, like they would play like a Kanye song or a 50 Cent song, and then they would play like Sean Paul, which is like totally yeah. like, <laughs> like Sean like, Kingston. Yeah, like Sean Kingston, or like then Black Eyed Peas, like Justin Timberlake. Everything was on like one platform. Birdie. Yeah, like people got a chance to like listen to all different types of music, whereas yeah. now I just feel like people just listen to what they want to listen to. And I wonder if this is because like music is just so like accessible now and like there's yeah. no such thing as a real like release date anymore where like people go on like press tours and they're gearing up for their album like six months ahead of time where it's just like oh no I'm dropping the album like this Friday <laughs> it's like oh okay so oh, yeah. um I think 
I wonder if that's kind of what changed things, but I do miss the, like, how versatile and diverse, like, music kind of looked back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, like, at this point, you know, people don't listen to music nostalgically for, um, like, based on genre or, like, the the instrumentation. It's just, it's the feeling it evokes. Um, Like, nostalgia becomes just one big genre, you know? Like, you're putting the the MCR and the fallout boy, the bowling for soup, like all that shit, you know, in the same category. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's like, that's what's fun about playing like the old school bops. Um, That you said bowling for soup. Did they, did they have a song called 1985? Yeah. Okay. I remember my mom used to lie to me like these, um, what's the name of those? Like, um, those noun CDs. Yeah. They had like all these different songs that were like popular during the year and I had one that um that had that song and I really liked it. And it had like Stacy's mom on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's also just what I'm talking about. Like I was able to buy one C D that had like the R and B and hip hop, like they had like a couple reggae and then it's like you got your fallout boy, like your, oh, some Akon yeah, also. <laughs> it's like what? Like Shaggy, it's like oh my Shaggy, God. yeah, it's some like some like reggae infused <laughs> hip hop and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, Akon reminds okay, so in um in uh elementary school we did this thing called jump rope for heart. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's like it's like a yearly thing where like basically your entire you have like an hour long like free gym sort of thing where you just do a bunch of different jump rope activities and the uh and I remember our teacher would, like, play, like, a boom box, like, while we were doing Jump Rope for Heart. And I just remember Akon was on the, was constantly playing during, like, our jump roping and shit. And it's like, we'd be listening to Lonely. Or, like, <laughs> trying to go to 100. Like, oh, yeah, um, that's really, that's really going to get me jumping. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> around that time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was, I was like, 10. <laughs> it's just like sad like conscious ass like Akon was playing but um so tell me a little bit about um the partnership you currently have with Lit um so it's nothing like really official but like I do tend to notice that like I'm I'm doing a lot of like stuff for them like gigs and stuff um I just um uh, was on their lit for the culture like series where we kind of sat down and just talked about like politics and just like the gigs that I did with them um also I did their Black Stories Matter event the Get MPD out of MPS event um yeah and I feel like that is what the Black Stories Matter event really on my list of like things I kind of wanted to do as a DJ like which I have a list of things where I'm just like this is what I kind of want to involve myself in. Like, these are the things I don't want to really involve myself in. So I feel like I'm very intentional about, like, the type of gigs I take and, like, about the type of, um, like, music that I play as well at those gigs. So um, on that list was to do an event that was rooted in just, like, social justice, like, right? Like, before all of this, like, George Floyd and... Like, even though Black Lives Matter was always a big thing, I always felt like sometimes it would just, like, fade away, so to say. Like, when people would care about it one day, and then the next day it's like, oh, okay, like, back to regular life type of thing. 
but um I went through very like intense racism in grad school and it was like I feel like my big like fuck you the UW Madison was to always like kind of root myself in social justice and as a social worker like we have a thing called like a code of ethics that we need to follow like as a social worker and social justice is in there but I just don't feel like every social worker like kind of follows that because the profession is a lot of just like is dominated by like whiteness so it's like sometimes I don't feel like social justice is at the forefront um but I always said that I would want to mix social work and DJing and the way that I would do that is to take um gigs rooted in social justice so that's why I just like like jumped at the opportunity to do the their Black Stories Matter event um it was amazing like they had um some of the teens that are involved in lit's program they had them like rapping and doing poetry and singing and it was just, it was just so cool it was amazing they had um latinx dancers like dance and like authentic like latinx like gear it was amazing i was like wow like i love this organization <laughs> so um when they asked me to do get um mpd out of mps i definitely jumped at that opportunity too um i remember like leaving work early in the middle of the day like peace out like I'm going to do this event <laughs> that's gonna make a difference um and that was amazing like my mom was there I bring my mom everywhere with me <laughs> like that's the moms yes yeah. like she'll come to like all of my appropriate gigs right won't tell her like oh mom you probably can't come to this but like anything else like she's free to come to so she came I brought my nephew um my boyfriend was there obviously um and they like marched and I feel like that was like the first time I got to see my mom just kind of participate in social justice stuff too, like actively as far as like protesting and like marching and stuff. Um, but she also said like she, pro that was, I got a chance to find out from her, like she protested way back when, um, oh, I cannot think of this guy's name, it's horrible. Um, MPD killed a, black man no surprise right um but this was way back in like the 70s or something and they like really went hard for him like they were protesting in the streets really hard in the 70s and I remember my mom saying like oh yeah I was out there you know doing that you know with them too and I'm like really like oh my god really and my dad has always really been big on just social justice and like blackness and stuff so I definitely try to make sure that I'm taking gigs that are like rooted in that so, um, like, working with Lit has been amazing because they have never wavered from, like, what their goal is. And it's really to, like, amplify Black and Brown voices and make sure that they're doing what they can for the Black and Brown community. So, I definitely make sure I always, if I'm able to, of course, like, whenever they ask me to DJ, like, I'm there and it's no problem. So, um, that's kind of what like the partnership kind of looks like to me sure. like just whenever they need me like I don't mind like stopping whatever I'm doing if, if I'm available of course like to just kind of do that for them because I feel like their mission is just so important to me and it's just a way for me to also just make sure that I am like keeping social justice in the forefront of not only just being a black woman but also like being a black woman DJ as well so yeah, yeah that's beautiful and I'm really happy that like you've um, you've been um, you know involved in an organization that does like amplify 
what you do and what you have to say and like you know who you are um but also like their mission statements like you know align with what's true to you and everything like that's that sounds like a um really like fantastic um synergy going on there so um, yeah yeah um so uh what um so what, what's the equipment you use um so right now i use a dj sr2 so it's i started with a dj it's, it's no actually i take that back my very first controller was like a mix track pro which is like this like it's very good for beginning and i think i even did like my first gig with it if i'm not mistaken um but it's just like a little like controller and i just like practiced with that um and then once i felt like i kind of outgrew that one i got a sb3 which is like the standard like starter type of controller if people want to move to like pioneer here um and i love pioneer i feel like it's they're like the dj standard i would say um so i had that and then once i kind of outgrew that i got a sr2 which is like i would consider like the next level up um and now and before the pandemic hit i was going to get a new controller but it was like pandemic hit so probably no use for me even trying to get a new controller um so but soon i want to start to learn to dj on turntables um mm -hmm. which is like really big trying to learn that so i've been working with uh, mr new york and he has been like shout out to brandis yes brandis is amazing he is like taking me under his wing and just like fly like here you go yeah. like let me just like help you as much as i can and i just really appreciate that um because i was really nervous like just kind of getting out into like the milwaukee scene in general because a i haven't been there in two years because i've been living up here in madison um, I just never felt like I fit in Madison though. So it was just like, I would, I wasn't doing like a lot of anything up here. Um, but he literally told me like, Hey, like, I'm going to teach you how to do, how to DJ on turntables. Like, I'm going to teach you how to do this and you're going to get it. Um, he literally gave me like my first and only session that I had right before the pandemic hit. So it was He's been like super helpful. So I do want to learn how to DJ on turntables. Um, and I think once I move back, that'd be kind of easier because I can kind of like set up stuff with him. But um, that's what's next for me. I also have my whole setup is just like two Mackie thumb speakers. Like I have like some speaker stands. I actually did a price match at the Tar Center. It was really well, it was like a really good deal. So in general, like my speaker setup as a whole. I think at Guitar Center, they had it for maybe like $1,100, but they do price matching. So if you find it on another website for like a cheaper price, like they'll give you whatever was in the bundle and they'll give it to you for whatever price you found it for. So I found this speaker bundle on Amazon with my two speakers, the speaker stand, mic, um, and like the cords that went with it for $700. And so they had to knock that price all the way down. Um, so yeah, like that's kind of what my setup is right now. I am looking to my <clears throat> my next controller that I get. I want to get a um, a DDJ SRT or a DDJ SZ. So that's like the upgraded version of like mm -hmm. what my controller is now. So 
depending on kind of how things kind of go when I get back to Milwaukee, I just want to upgrade those controllers. But I've been rocking out with my SR2, so I'm I'm good with that for now. <laughs> cool, awesome. That's that's dope. Uh, yeah. Um, well, it sounds like you've got some exciting um, upgrades and further um, expansions uh, to your craft uh, in the works, and that's very exciting. Um, I look forward to seeing, uh, you know, what you continue to do. And I guess kind of my last question here is, um, and it's one that is sort of, you know, it's, I try to be cognizant of, you know, where everyone's at right now, because it is such a like heavy time. Um, it's just, how are you feeling? Um, so it was, it was heavy just last couple of days. Um, like I stated before, like I went through really intense like racism at UW Madison that has like that really I feel like changed me like mentally. Um, so every time that something happens, like like police brutality or like police killing someone or anything like that, I feel like it brings up all of those feelings like all over again. And those are feelings that I thought that I had like kind of buried since I've been done with school for like a year now. Mm-hmm. But it's like every time like something like that happens, it brings up those feelings and like I kind of kind of shut down a little bit or I need to shut down. So yesterday I just kind of like I'm in the middle of moving. But yesterday, like I did absolutely nothing. I was like, I just need to relax and kind of get myself together. Um, I'm scared, I would say, um, for like the people in my life who do identify like as a black male because it's like shit is just like so just unpredictable you know um I worry about like my boyfriend like if he ever gets pulled over by the police or my dad or my brother like I have so many people who I just kind of worry about um but I also just worry about black women as well because I feel like sometimes they're the forgotten people of like the Black Lives Matter movement and um just kind of things that happen to them as well as far as police brutality and being you know murdered by the police so you know I have to worry about my sister and my nieces and you know my really close friends that are identify as women um so it's just a very scary time I would say um but I'm trying to find like things that bring me joy like of course music but also just like my mom came up to help me move so just kind of spending time with her um just spending a lot of time on my cats they make me there you go. um trying to take some time off of social media although it's like super hard to because it feels like that's where I'm getting the most unbiased like source of news like for instance like seeing just firsthand accounts of what's going on in Kenosha rather than seeing what the news puts out about it you know um so I try to limit my time on social media right now, which again is really hard because um, it's like everywhere I look, it's bad news, you know. Um, so I'm trying to just engage myself in more positive news and stuff. Um, shout out to Carbon Stone. Um, yeah. Yeah, my good friend Naisha Stone. She founded Carbon Stone, and they focus solely on like positive news. So um, I try to frequent there as much as I can to make sure that I'm like just kind of leveling myself out. Um, but I feel like I am, I'm getting better. You know, it's a work in progress, especially around this time. 
Um, but I feel like I'm I'm getting better. Yesterday was a day that I just, again, I didn't do anything really. And I feel like I needed that because so often, like, I feel like I need to just be so vocal about stuff. And, like, that's fine. But sometimes I feel like that takes a mental toll on myself because it just brings up all of those buried feelings where I felt like, you know, I went through, like, so much. And just to see, it's just kind of hard because I think about the racism that I went through. And then it's like, you know how you say like, oh, well, but did you die though? Like, you know, I didn't die from it, but it still brings up those feelings for me. And then I just- It'll be traumatic. Yeah, like a really traumatic event and having to think, you know, having those feelings come up, but then also having to focus on like, you know, the like Jacob Blake and what happened with him. Um, Just so many of the people who were murdered by the 17 year old who killed them while protesting, like, it's scary. Yeah. Like, I know people who went to Kenosha to protest, and you hear about two people being shot, and you're like, like, do I know those people? Like, and even yeah. if I don't know those people, like, that's horrible to happen. So it's it's been a doozy, but I feel like I'm getting better. Um, I just have to continue to surround myself with people and things that are, like, super positive and just, um, like, just to kind of take the, like, the heaviness off of that. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Um, I really appreciate you like opening up about that kind of stuff. Um, cats do help. Yep. Cats help a lot. Um, I, I want for that reason. I want to adopt a cat soon. Um, yeah, it is. Um, it's almost like where I almost sometimes because like you know I'm involved in the PSL, so like um, do a lot of you know, actions and demonstrations and stuff about, you know, right, like this weekend we're planning an abolish the police march. And it almost like, because of everything going on right now, like it almost feel, makes me feel like it's hard to focus on something like this. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, if, I wouldn't say like, you know, I don't know if it feels, sometimes it feels wrong. Yep, I know. Some, mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it feels like, no, 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 I should because people have, I should be doing it because people have so much to say right now and people have like, people need platforms to speak. And so it is a challenging um, sort of navigation um, as a creative to like decide like what, like are we trying to focus right now on just the societal conversations and, you know, really trying to like come out of this hellscape of a year yeah in like better headspaces and better and more justice happening like uh, like all around or like but we also like feel like no but we this is our way of making sense of the world like doing music or art or in my case having a podcast like it's it is it's it's really frustrating so yeah i I'm glad we could have, you know, this interaction because conversations like these are what helps us feel like we're less alone. Yeah, for sure. And I've been feeling, you know, wrestling with the, like, the guiltiness of doing things that, like, make me happy because it's like, I feel guilty for being happy while all of this stuff is kind of just going on or I feel guilty for doing something that makes me feel good because, like, so much going on. Like, I feel like I should be doing more. But, like, sometimes you just have to take that time to just kind of, like, 
unwind from all of that because it can take such a mental toll on you. It's like, oh my God. Like, uh, it's just so daunting. But I really enjoy doing this and I do feel like this kind of helped me today. So oh, I'm good. I'm very glad. <laughs> glad. Um so as we close out, um I oh actually before real quick, I forgot to ask you. Um where'd you get the name from? I take it you're a Gemini. Oh yeah, I am. June 10th is my birthday, so I'm a Gemini. Um, I wrestled with like names for a long time, and then I said, "Oh, I want something that's like super catchy." Um, my last name is Gilliam, so like, um, but one of my friends from high school always called me Little Gilly. <laughs> um, so I was like, "Oh, I can be DJ Little Gilly," and I was like, "No, like I'm really not feeling like the little part of the beginning. Like I don't know." Um, so I was like, okay, well, we'll kind of go with that. And then I was like, oh, well, I'm a Gemini. Like, I can call myself, like, Gemini Gilly. So oh, kind of just where it came from. It was, I wrestled with it for a while, though, because, I mean, your name is what kind of defines you. Like, and if you pick a name that you don't like, like, it's hard to rebrand yourself if you're already, like, known for, like, a certain name. So unless you're Diddy and you're, like, go by, like, four different names and everything yeah. by all of them. So. But yeah, so that's where I got my name from. Cool, cool. Um, awesome. Well, DJ Gemini Gilly, what keeps you up at night? Ah, um. Well, right now I'm struggling to see if I want to. I just quit my job, like, cause it was taking a huge mental toll on me. Like, oh my god. Um, I'm wrestling right now with the idea of if I want to work again or if I want to DJ full-time um which I'm at this point I'm like I'm super new with DJing like do I want to take that gamble or do I want to like work part-time doing something social work related and also DJ on the side so I'm that has been keeping me up at night for a little while um also just like wanting to be better I guess and like just be a better person in general um be a better friend be a better like person for other people um I felt like after I graduated from grad school like I kind of like clammed up and didn't really do much even while I was in grad school I didn't really do anything it was just a very mentally like draining and emotionally draining situation where I felt like I did not like utilize not not only utilize my support system but I was not supportive to other people as well um, and that really took a toll on me once I took a step back and realized, like, I'm not being a good person. <laughs> so um, just trying to figure out ways now that I'll be back in the city, like closer to my friends of, you know, in what ways can I support um, support you? In what ways can I show up and be present for you, you know, um, while I'm back home? So de definitely trying to figure that out. Um, yeah, that's what kind of keeps me up at night up oh, in social media just yeah. I've been, like, scouring social media to just see like kind of what's going on um like with the black Lives matter protest so i was up to like two o'clock in the morning yesterday just kind of reading stuff and that kept me up <laughs> quite a bit but i feel like i it, it's important for me to be informed so i don't even mind like stand up because i feel like it's super important to know what's going on around me even if i'm not there um, physically so definitely that has been keeping me up but it's all for the greater good and I feel like 
I'm totally for the protests and stuff like that. Like, I just want people to be safe. Like, I don't want another incident of, of like, what happened with a 17-year-old. Like, I feel like that's also what's been keeping me up. It's like, you know, damn, people are doing, like, so much good work, like, protesting and, like, you know, doing all this stuff in Kenosha just for, like, this to happen and overshadow that. So it's like, yeah. 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 It's been hard to sleep peacefully this week, that's for sure. Yeah. Social media. Mm-hmm. What puts you to sleep? Um, definitely knowing that um, I'm getting out of here and I'm moving. <laughs> so I'm like two wake ups away from like just being back home. Um, oh, yeah. But also just, um, oh, that's a good question. I would say just focusing on like what the next day brings um, and hoping that, you know, the next day isn't worse than the day before, I would say. Um, So I would say that I'm knowing that my mom is safe and up here Mm -hmm. with me. She's been up here for a couple of days. So um, me and my mom are really close. Um, Self-disclosure, but she was diagnosed with cancer back in March, like right around the pandemic. So I feel like that's another reason why I like bring her everywhere and we just she's doing totally fine now. Um I believe it's in remission, so or I think it's called remission where it's not there right now anymore. Yeah. So um so um yeah, like that was a super new thing that kinda happened over the pandemic. So just kinda knowing that I'm spending a lot of time with her and you know, bringing her everywhere with me. People tend to act like, Oh, you're you brought your mom again i'm like yeah she's she's going wherever i go so so she'll she comes everywhere with me but knowing that she's safe during all of this um also just trying to educate her sometimes as well i feel like sometimes my mom is almost 60 so i feel like sometimes like the older generation they don't kind of understand like the not just the black lives matter movement but like kind of the protesting and stuff like that even though she has participated in it so trying to just educate which has been pretty successful so far um, but yeah, that's what kind of keeps, makes me go to sleep at night, making, knowing that my family is safe, so. Good, I'm glad your mother's doing better. Yeah. Um, well, um, thank you so much for being on the show, and, uh, thank you for, yeah, uh, hanging out with me, uh, and, yeah, this made my day better, too, so. Um, uh, well, um. For everyone watching, well, we'll be posting a link to DJ Gemini Gilly's music um, page and so you can check out her gigs coming up. Um, thank you so much for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next time.